2: Time to own the Audi you've always wanted, because until February 28th, you can enjoy the Audi A4 with a complimentary style pack, saving you over four and a half thousand euro.
3: So, all you have to do is choose the color. Call into your local Audi dealer during the 191 sales event. Terms and conditions apply, while stocks last.
4: That's the great thing about sport.
3: You're playing with. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You're play the win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Doesn't matter. Can't
5: wait. Anybody can be beat. So how did that just feel? Feel great, OJ just.
4: Jets Nation, sorry for the long intro there. We had some technical difficulties, but this is your host Tyson Roush, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Jets. And we got a lot of news to talk about tonight. Obviously, everybody knows we have a new general manager in place. But before I go into that, I'll introduce my co-host, Mr. Panda. How you doing, man?
5: Uh, Doing good, man. Doing good. Happy to have Mike McCagnan on board.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's an exciting hire, Joe. I mean it makes a lot of a lot of sense, a lot of fronts. I think we all expected at this point because he's been here, he's been staying over, he's been eating dinner, having breakfast, probably uh, bought a new house, and took a, a, a show on how to uh, deal with the New York media. So, what's your initial thoughts on on McKagan?
5: Uh, You know, I, I like him, man. I mean, for the sheer fact that he's not a, a, a capologist and actually someone with personnel background and scouting. You know. I think that's that's great. That's something that this organization needs. You know, we went through the Mike Tenenbaum era. We went through the John Izzy, uh era. So it's nice to have someone with a little bit more football background. So I'm excited to see what happens. I can't lie and say that I know too much about him. Pretty much been, you know, crash course learning in the last two weeks. But from everything I see, seems like a good guy, seems like a, a decent candidate. Um I really liked Casario, but obviously that was never going to happen. So, you know, I'm willing to give this guy a chance. And like I said, football background, that's a great new thing to have here.
4: Yeah, and the thing is, like, when when this first thing went down, everybody ripped his like It was like, you know, he's he's a cap guy. He has no personnel background. And we both said over and over, we want football guys making football decisions. Well, if you look at this guy, he's got an extensive background in personnel and scouting. I mean, and for me, that's music to my ears. I mean, you could bring in a cap guy. You could bring in a, a Mark Dominic, even let like Rod Graves do it. I mean, a cap guy, I'm not saying they're easy to find, but you know what? The, the hard thing to find is a guy that can evaluate personnel, bring in quality staff, draft well, and that's what you hope you have here. I mean, that's for me, it's music to my ears. I mean, I, I like to hire. I mean, you know, the guys like DeCasta and Cesare, these guys, are, these were all nice to have. That, you know, were kind of not not reasonable. I mean, like you shoot for the home run, if you hit a double, I'm fine with that. I mean, is that is that kind of your take? I mean, we had reasonable expectations going into it. Like the process was ridiculously thorough, you know. And the the thing is, well, this is a Charlie Cashley guy. That's not necessarily true. It's a Cashley guy because they had connections. Ron Wolf did the interview, and Ron Wolf walked away impressed. So that gives some value to me. I mean, what's your take on that, Joe?
5: Yeah, no, it's good to have guys like Casterly and Wolf behind it. Uh, you know, that's why they were here. And Casterly seems to really like him. He hired McCann and Houston. He got him there. He got him the job. So, you know, let's see what happens. Two 2 storied guys with two decent pass, Wolf more so than Casterly. But, you know, they helped Woody Johnson along in this process. So, you know what, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and see what happens on this one.
4: Yeah, and the thing is, and there's bigger news. I mean, the news just coming out. There's all kinds of statements that we could read that Woody Johnson released and the Jets released. But, Joe, there was, there's was some news that's coming out that I know made you happy. To made me happy was the general manager controls the 53-man roster and the head coach controls the players in the field. Now, Joe, to me, that's a novel idea. What was your initial take on that?
5: Initial take on what?
4: I mean, you're figuring that you know, the general manager is – the general manager is going to control the three-man roster. Get your roster for the head coach, and the coach actually controls the roster.
5: Oh yeah, that's that's mind-boggling. It's like we're in the 21st century now. I, I can't even think of that about that. A, a head coach that is actually just going to stay there and you know pick the players, and a, a coach that's actually going to coach both sides of the ball. I mean, it's it's really enlightening, really really exciting stuff.
4: Well, it is, and the thing is, too, is you know the biggest thing was. In the past, it was like well, Idzik wanted this, this Idzik wanted this guy to start. Idzik wanted that guy to start. All that drama is gone now. Now your quarterback, the guy that's playing, is the guy your head coach wants. And, Joe, for me, that's huge at this point.
5: Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a huge uh, upgrade to what we had, especially with all the rumors of how Idzik was forcing Rex to play uh, certain players and how Rex didn't really have any say on some of the personnel on the field. So, you know, whoever the new head coach is, <sighs> Obviously, he's going to have full control. Who's on the field? So hopefully, they pick the right guy. Otherwise, we'll be looking for a new head coach in a few years.
4: No, and I, and I agree. And my last question for you: We got a lot of callers on the line, so we'll get you all on shortly. The last question I have for you is: What is your take on this whole Dan Quinn Todd Bowl saga? Now, Dan Quinn, obviously, they can't interview him again until after if they win. Obviously, it's next Monday. He'll lose this next Monday. But there's if the Seahawks win again, you're kind of restricted. What is your take on the whole Dan Quinn scenario? Do you think the Jets? Do you think he's their guy, or do you think it's a panic move if the Jets are going for Todd Bowles?
5: Uh, I don't think it's a panic move. I think they're just doing their due diligence. I mean, if Bowles and Quinn are truly the lead favorites, this is what we heard in you know anonymous reports a few days ago, that it was down to Quinn and Bowles at this point, why not bring him in for a second interview? You can't bring Quinn in. You know, he obviously can't do that until, I believe, next week. So why not bring in Bowles while you have the chance? Because maybe Bowles will really impress you and you decide to give Bowles the job. I don't think it's really a panic move. I think it's just, you know, Mackigan, Johnson, whoever else is in there. Glatt, I'm not sure. But whoever else is leaving the head coaching search, they're just doing their due diligence. This is why you have Bowles coming in for a second interview and an even guy like Sean McDermott coming in. Why not, you know? You want to do your due diligence, that's fine. Look at all the other head coaching openings. Only one has been filled. So it's not like the Jets are the only team out there that can't make up their minds. They're just doing their due diligence, and I like it.
4: Yeah, no, I like it, too. And we're I mean, like I said, we, our phone lines are packed. I'll get you to you, but real shortly. The thing about Todd Bowles is, too, is he's got an extensive NFL resume. It's not like you, it's Dan Quinn or it's Rich Cotite. It's not like it's Dan Quinn or Seattle's Waterboy. Todd Bowles is a legitimate candidate with extensive background. A Bill Parcells disciple, he's been a head coach, he's been a coordinator, he's been a, a you know he's he's been there, done that with a lot of things. So it's not like I don't think the Jets are settling. I think he's a legitimate candidate that you know if he gets hired, then it's like okay, who's his coordinator? And they, the question we're going to ask for the night is: Would you rather have say a Todd Bowles and a Kyle Shanahan or a Dan Quinn, Tom Cable? You know that that's a, it's a fair question to ask. It's like you know, if you hire a defensive guy, then who's the offensive coordinator you're bringing? In? Do you want Chan Gailey, or do you want Kyle Shanahan? Do you want Tom Cable? So that's going to be the question for the night, but we'll go to our busy phones right now, and we got Seth from Brooklyn. Seth, this is Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. How you doing, man? I'm doing well.
1: Just sipping my coffee, small about the good news. Uh, I think this is a great step for the Jets organization, uh, finally hiring a GM with personnel background experience since Kyrie Bradway. Um, but I think the most important thing about this hire aside from McKagan being uh, competent himself and well-respected, is that he has the authority to completely fire the scouting and personnel departments, which is something I think many Jets fans were leery of in the first place. But according to the reports, he has the authority to do so. And I think that is tremendously important because the one constant in the Jets' failures of drafting the past several years has been that the fact that Terry Bradway, Jeff Bauer, and the scouting department as a whole, has been remained in place. So I think the fact that they're going to be most likely fired after this upcoming draft, I think that's a great, great sign for Justin.
4: No, and I agree with you. And that's the whole thing that we'll, but many of us talk about, you know, is it, you know, is Terry Bradley going to stay here? Is this going to stay here? And there's a transition that's going to happen. I mean, you've you got to figure, you can't walk in and fire everybody because the draft is only three months away. So you're going to have to keep some guys in place. But the fact that he has the ability to say, you know what, you know, I appreciate what you've done here, but I want my own guys in here. And based on the reports you have, I mean, Jeff Darlington went into a pretty, pretty in detail depth on that. Was like you know, when McHagen came here, he was like, you know, I want to have my guys. I want assurances so that I can bring my guys in here. And that's moved to my ears. I mean, what do you think, Panda? That that's something that has been a, a, a problem in the past, where the guy has to inherit people and he can't really fire them. And now he has the ability to say, you know what? I want all my guys. You're out.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we need. But like you said, the scouting process has gone on for this year's draft. So, you know, get through the draft, see what happens. McCagnes will have a huge say and then he'll get his own guys in here and that's how, it'll, that's a clean sweep. You can't really expect a clean sweep right now, unfortunately, just because, you know, who else, who are you going to bring in now at this point? Nobody. Everybody's employed. So just get through this draft process and then next year it should be a clean sweep throughout the whole front office.
4: No, I agree, and I guess that's my question for you is there's a lot of talk about the the you know the coaching candidates in place, and it looks like Todd Bowles is staying at night, and if he's a guy that you really want, you lock up the deal tonight before he goes to Atlanta. What's your take on Todd Bowles and Dan Quinn? Well, my advice for Todd Bowles is to order
1: whatever Mike McCagney had for dinner because that kind of suited him well. He got the job, so I definitely order what Mike had because what he appreciated. That probably would have one of the cheaper things. But but in all, in all seriousness, um, I think it comes down to the question: more uh, than the hand or not. I mean, when you look at their resumes, it's very you know comparable. They're both great defensive coordinators. They're both one of the youngest, um, brightest defensive minds in the game. Uh, they both have New Jersey ties. It doesn't really mean much, but you know it's something. Um, for me, it's one A, one D. I, I have a slight preference to Quinn, but. If you can get Bowles to sign right now, especially with Denver's job open and them interested in Quinn, I think you got to lock up Bowles. He has the experience. He took a Cardinals defense that were missing three or four of its best players and got them to the playoffs with Ryan Freakin' lindley as the QB. Um, he was a head coach for three games. He was 2-1, and one, and that one loss was against the Patriots, and it was a game that they were actually leading in, and Brady came back. Um you know, and people, a lot of people from the Dolphins organization uh, were saying it was a mistake he was fired, and they brought him Philbin, to Tobin, and obviously that didn't work out so well. Um, so if you're asking me right now, especially because Todd Bowles is going to Atlanta tomorrow, and if he gets out of the building, Atlanta will sign tomorrow. I'm like 99% sure of that. I say you lock up Bowles right now because I think Bowles is going to be just as good as Quinn. I think it's just 1A, 1B. I say you lock it up. Put it in the hand.
4: Dude, I, I you know what? You can make a very good argument for that. And, Seth, we got some really busy phone calls. So, we, First of all, I want to appreciate you for calling in. You call in every week. You always share great information. And uh, I tend to agree with you, man. I think if you're very high on bowls, he's in your facility, he's here. If you consider a 1A, 1B you know, scenario, and, you, you know, I think he goes, if he leaves the building and goes to land tomorrow, I think he's signing in land. I think he's going to get hired there. So, Seth, thanks again for calling in, man. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. And now we will go to our good friend, and this guy is ultra, ultra, ultra active on Twitter. I mean, if you have a Jet point, you're guaranteed to get a response from him every time, Joe. This is our good friend, Hans. Hans, it's Joe and Panda. What's up, man?
2: How are we doing, guys? It's wonderful to be here again. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Well, well, um, the previous caller actually hit on a couple of points I was going to talk about, so I'll talk about this instead. Uh, as as much as I as much as I like him on the Jets beat, uh, you guys know uh, Brian Costello. I saw him going on earlier about how this was a, a purely a, a Casterly thing. About how the only reason why he got this interview was because of his connections to Charlie Casserly. I mean, at the at the end of the day, wasn't that what he was hired for—to find GM candidates? I mean, yes. He is in the Charlie Castle tree, but why would he recommend him if he sucks at the end of the day? No, I mean, I, I, I oh. agree. The
4: thing is, the thing is, it's just like, achieved a Charlie Castle guy but Ron Wolf was extremely impressed as well. So it was like they said mm-hmm. in the last interview, I, I, forget the, I forget the timeline of how it was, but the, the, the one interview, Cashley wasn't in the room. So it's a Ron Wolf approved as well. So if you're impressing two guys, and I mean you, you bring him in because you know him, and then he has to impress both of you. He has to impress Woody Johnson. It's not like he's sitting there like, oh, Cashley's like, this is my guy, don't worry about it. You know, it's like, here we go. I, mean, I think he's an impressive candidate, extensive background. And the thing, the most important thing is, every write-up you read about him, He's a grinder, and he's at every scouting event. He's always around. He's always studying. He's thorough. He's diligent. He's very intelligent. These are things you want of a respected scout. So it's like I don't, you know, like, so he's not, so he's not a, a, you know, like a, a fiery guy that's going to sit there and break the, the press conference table. I don't care about it. I don't care. As long as he can be very firm with me and say, listen, this is our plan. Here we go. He, he's well-spoken to that point. I don't care if he's not making headlines as long as he knows what he's doing. I mean, Panda. what do you think? I mean, you know, it's like the, the, the big rap now is like, well, he's, his personality may not fit in New York. Listen, if the guy's a hard worker, he does his job, brings in good players, I don't care if the media likes him or not.
2: Do you mind if I sure. interject with a quick yeah. point? Sure. He started, he started as director of college scouting in 2011, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who did he draft out of that draft class? J.J. Well, he was Watt. part
4: of the J.J. Watt. This, yep, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah,
2: that's the whole thing. It's like, hey,
4: Joe, I mean, don't you think it's like, you know, he's got a resume. He's got, I mean, every, if you look at every scouting director, every pro-personal guy, they're going to have hits and misses. There's nobody perfect in this league, yeah. not Ozzie Newsom, not Costa. None of these guys are perfect. Everybody's got hits and misses. But, Joe, I think he, his resume is good. Everything you hear about him is good. And it's like if he's not a friend to the media, Joe, I do not care.
5: No, I don't, give a sh- I don't care either. Who cares what is, how he is with the media? Let him just sit in his office and do his job. I'd rather have a guy who doesn't talk, doesn't want to talk to the media, and just sits up there and is a football nerd and watches game film for 14 hours a day. I don't need somebody who's going to be liked. I don't need somebody who has the New York personality. Who cares? He's going to be sitting in an office in Florham Park six, seven days a week. That's what I need in my GM. I don't need some big, brash dude. We already saw how that worked out with Rex Ryan.
2: Ultimately yeah, at I mean, the end of the day that's yeah. all that, that's all that matters because I mean this is a results oriented league and that's what its problem was he didn't get results and therefore he got the can so it, as long as he gets results none of this is going to matter and Manish can just kick rocks for all I care
4: Yeah Hans but what's your t- what's your take on this Todd Bolsonaro? scenario like you know it's, it's come on kind of quickly where with the second interview now he you know, he's going to be here tonight or I believe he's here tonight into tomorrow I mean what do, what are your take on him you think the Jets are kind of saying, you know what, Dan Quinn is going to probably explore other options. We don't want to miss out on Bowles while we're waiting for Quinn. What's your take on that?
2: Well, honestly, at the end of the day, no matter if it's Dan Quinn or Todd Bowles, they both have very impressive resumes. In addition to his coaching experience and player experience, uh, people also don't realize he also spent a year as a scout for a team. I think it was the Packers. So that's pretty good insight as far as, his experience is concerned. Some people might actually consider that to be a leg up over Quinn. But like I said, at the end of the day, I'll be happy if either one of them are selected. At this point, I think it's just due diligence, and the Jets just, just don't want to keep themselves isolated on one person.
4: Now, what's your what's your prediction though? Do you think it's going to be Bowles? Do you think it's going to be Quinn?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I could make a prediction at this point. I'm just I'm Come just going to sit man. back, and relax, and. I'm going to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show because I'm you actually share, feeling well, dude, really
4: confident. Tom, no, you know what, Hans? You sit there on Twitter and share all these opinions. We now put you on the spot, and you can't tell us with Todd Bowles sitting in Florida Park in front of Woody Johnson, are they going to seal the deal within the next 24 hours or are they going to wait for Dan Quinn? you got to make a call here, man.
2: Okay, okay, fine. Stop twisting my arm. Um. <laughs> I, ultimately, I, I I think they're going to wait it out. I think they're going to try to get another interview with Dan Quinn before they make any sort of decision.
4: Fair enough, Hans. Thanks for calling me, man. We appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, it was wonderful joining you guys. Have a wonderful night.
4: You too. You too. All right, we'll keep. We're going through the busy phones. And Joe, you know it's interesting how you know people now are becoming a little more open minded about Todd Bowles. Where at first it was like Dan Quinn or nothing, and now I think people are maybe looking at his resume seeing what it brings to the table, seeing the similarities with Dan Quinn, I think people are starting to become a little bit more open-minded, don't you think?
5: Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think everybody was on the Quinn hype train, but now, you know, they see what Bowles has done in Arizona, and it's, they're kind of, you know, seeing, open up their eyes a little bit, and let's be honest, Bowles did a lot, I uh, mean, not a lot more, equal amount, or maybe more, with a lot less in Arizona. Like, yeah, everyone knows Patrick Peterson, and you know Darnell Dockett and maybe a couple of the other guys there, but Look at Seattle's defense. I mean, it's just stacked with talent. And I'm not not—I'm not trying to, you know, belittle Dan Quinn and all his achievements. I'm not. He's a smart guy. He's a good coach. We'd be lucky to have him. I'm not going to be mad if we get him. I'm not going to be jumping off rooftops or standing on tables, pounding my chest saying we're going 16-0 and 0 either. But I wouldn't be mad to have either Quinn or Bowles. I'm just saying Bowles has done a lot with a lot less talent. Yeah, and that's the
4: whole thing. It's like, you know, everybody, you know, because I've, I've been getting some heat for like my – I was like – kind of like stir up conversation on our twitter account which is at talk jets radio and it's like everybody's like oh you know bowls this i'm like if you give Bowles the legion of boom how's he going to be you know did dan quinn inherit gus Bradley, gus bradley's defense and tinker it i mean it's you know it's like you can play devil's advocate with quinn and piss off a lot of people but he's still a qualified candidate but i don't absolutely hate the idea of todd bowles coaching our team um but that being said we'll go to our next caller it's kyle Kyle, let's talk about Mike McHagnan who is the uh breaking news, the new general manager of the New York Jets. Kyle, this is Joe and Tyson. How you doing, man? Is Kyle there. Anybody
5: there. I don't think he's there.
4: Hey, Kyle fell asleep on us. It's like we we can do one of those things, we start snoring, we can kinda like let him stay on, I guess. What do you think,
5: Joe? <laughs> yeah, we could.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll leave him we'll leave Kyle on hold and if he wants to come back on we'll talk to him, but uh looks like he's sleeping, so now we'll go to our good friend. I love this guy. This guy, he's been filling in the last couple of weeks. Um, this is our good friend Joe from Long Beach. Joe, it's Panda Tyson. How you doing, man?
3: Hey, how you guys doing? I want to uh, thank you guys for having me on the show again. It's good to hear from you again I'll, as well, uh, Panda. Good to have yeah, you thanks. back. Um, thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks man. for
6: filling in. <laughs>
3: hey, no problem, man. No problem, man. Anytime. Uh kind of wanted to talk about... I wanted to touch on the Bowles and Quinn thing. Uh, like a caller said earlier, it was exact my idea as well. Uh, they're kind of 1A, 1B. I think Bowles did, did do a lot less... or did do a lot, you know, pretty much the same as Quinn did with a lot less on mm-hmm. uh, his defense as well. I think Dockett didn't even play much this season at all if he played at all. Didn't he care like his ACL or something like that? And I think he was done for a little bit, wasn't he? I believe. I believe so. But so...
4: I believe they uh, lost know, they
3: lost him, they lost they lost Sean Abraham too. Yeah, I I, I I remember that as well. So I I you know, Bowles is a great coach. I think Gwen uh Quinn would be a great coach as well but my my other thing that I'm I'm thinking that no one's really talking about is what what kind of O C would they bring in here? What kind of offensive coordinator would they bring in here? What connections do they have to bring someone in here that's gonna handle our offense? Because the way that I look at these things, they're, they're both great defensive coordinators. We clearly know they both probably make great defensive head coaches. But if they don't bring someone in here that can put some type of handle on this offense and give us some direction offensively, we're probably going to be firing these guys within the next couple years because it's literally going to be like Rex Ryan all over again, where we have this great defense. You know, you know, just you know, just saying that they get the defense together and it's great. So Already have a great defense, and our offense still is not reducing or it's sputtering, and it's not consistent. We'll be in the same position. Do you guys have
4: any thoughts about that? Yeah. No, and that's and that's. A, it's funny you say that, Joe, because it's like you know, the minute Rex Ryan got hired in Buffalo, the first thing was like, "That's great. Who's the offensive coordinator? Greg Roman. Good luck with that." You. you know, it's like it's the same thing. Like with Dan Quinn, the, the the immediate thing was he wanted Kyle Shanahan, and now the thing with Todd Bowles is like a Chan Gailey kind of guy, or now it's like. Dan Quinn, and Tom Cable. So there's names being thrown out, and it's like, you know, Chan Gelley, everybody's like, oh, man, he's a terrible coach. But you know what? Just just for me personally, like, you you think of the whole Buffalo experience, you remember him in Dallas, but if you look at his NFL resume and what he's done, he's accomplished some things. And for me, an important thing is he's a veteran head coach that's done a lot, who would be a great supporting staff for Todd Bowles. Or, you know, it's like you're a first-time head coach. Now his offensive coordinator is a proven head coach that's been there that, that can help him. Kind of get acclimated to the New York Jets, which for me is kind of a positive. I mean, Joe, what's your, Panda, what do you think on that? With just for Chan just for the perspective, he's a proven NFL head coach. He's been there, done that. He can help a Todd Bowles get used to being head coach, keep him organized, get, put his plan together. Do you think that's a positive, Panda?
5: Mm, I mean, it's it's always a positive when you have you know an experienced head coach uh, on on the staff or inside the organization. But, I don't know, at the same time, whether you hire Quinn or you hire hire Bowles, I think really at this point it's going to be one of those two. I don't think it's going to be anyone else um, at this point, even though I would like Frank Reich, but obviously he's not coming back for a second interview. He would have already. But either way, uh, whoever you hire, I'd let them pick their own staff. Let them, per, let them pick who they want. Uh, I don't really necessarily, necessarily think you want to already handcuff one of these guys by saying you have to have this guy or this guy's going to be watching over you. Or just, Let them kind of do their own thing. Have McCagnin running the show up there in the front office. Have the head coach be a real head coach. Don't, you know, don't try to handcuff him. Let him learn from his mistakes. Let him learn on the job. That's how you're going to really find out if he's a true head coach or not.
4: No, I agree. I mean, and the other thing is, too, is, like, that's a great point you made, Panda. It's like, you know, there there's a report that the Jets are high on Kyle Shanahan and they want to be, they really want to get him. Mm. I hate I hate the idea, I absolutely hate the idea me too. that the, that they hired that high – well, I don't mind Kyle Shanahan, but I hate the idea of hiring him before the head coach. That bothers mm. me because if, unless Dan Quinn told you, listen, it's either Kyle Shanahan or bust. I would hate to hire him and say, hey, you know what? We have him in place. Do you want to work with him or not? Then it's just like, you know what? I mean, Joe from Long Beach,
3: what's your take on a guy like Kyle Shanahan? You know, Kyle Shanahan's a guy that I think he's a decent offensive coordinator. Um, I think he's a mind that can come in here. But, again, and this is this is why I brought up, you know, what is what, what kind of guys would Todd Bowles bring in here? I think it would be important to get his input first and have him bring in somebody as part of a staff instead of us already hiring somebody for him that, you know, mm-hmm. he may not even want on his staff to begin with. Um, you know, Kyle's a solid offensive coordinator. He's not bad. He did some things there in Cleveland with Hoyer. Uh, you know, things might have not have worked out, and he got out of Cleveland as fast as he could. But, you know, he had Hoyer looking pretty solid, and he had that offense moving pretty decently as well. But still, is that Todd Bowles or whoever we hire, is it Dan Quinn, is it Todd Bowles? Is that their decision? Is that their guy, you know, that they want to bring in? And I think that's something that needs to be discussed. That's why I was wondering what would their selections be? Have they kind of spoken to anybody about it? Because I haven't read any reports from either one of them, of who they might choose. But I just think that's something we need to leave to the head coach to kind of make a decision on it, instead of sticking him with some offensive coordinator that he may not Yeah, I mean, with.
4: right right now the only thing I've seen was Dan Quinn, who was mentioned, yeah. was Kyle Shanahan and Tom Cable, okay. and then with Todd Bowles, it was Chan Gailey. Um, I mean, Tanner, yeah. what's your take on Shanahan? I know I know Joe hates Shanahan. So, Joe, what's your take <laughs> on Kyle Shanahan as offensive coordinator?
5: I I'm not a fan. I I'm I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really I'm not a fan of Kyle Shanahan. I mean I don't understand the love affair. Like what what is it? is it because his last name is Shanahan? Is it because RG3 had a decent 10-game stretch with him? Like who who cares? I mean, he, I, and I talked to a guy, a Jeff fan on Twitter before by the name of Biz from North Dakota. Uh he he got directed me to profootballreference.com without some stats here on Shanahan. Let's just read this here. In 2012 he was fourth in scoring. Yeah, that's nice. 2010, 25th, 2011, 26th, 2013, 23rd, 2014, 27th, and no better than 11th in yards in any of those years. Let's not Kyle Shanahan is some genius, and on top of that, Mm -hmm. the guy was in Houston for two years, Washington for four, Cleveland for one. How long is he going to be here for? Three weeks? Then he's going to go somewhere else? He's going to get pent up with frustration and go somewhere else? Come on! I don't trust someone like that. who's always on the move. I just, I just don't want him. I don't want him. At the same time, I don't want Tom Cable either. So I'm not really sure who we're gonna get out of those three names. My favorite, personally, would be Chan Gailey. Now it's probably p- picking between three questionable bowls right there. But give me, yeah. give me Chan Gailey over Kyle Shanahan and, and Tom Cable. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would. Okay, go ahead, Joe. Go
3: ahead. I'm sorry. Oh uh, God, okay, you. Oh, you yeah, even with Kyle Shanahan, I would just wonder if you look at kind of the resume, I understand you don't love him and I get that. Like I said, I think he's a decent offensive coordinator. I don't think he's you know, some I don't think he's a Chip Kelly or, or anybody that's just gonna blow your doors off. But he also had a lot of a lot of issues with those rosters as well. The Redskins had issues once R D three got hurt. He wasn't playing exactly the same. Uh even that even that year in Cleveland, like I said, this year in Cleveland that he had, I mean Poirier isn't, like, a world beater. That offense is one world beater. They didn't have uh, Josh Gordon for a while as well, so things were kind of kind of closed up. But I think, you know, he's, like I said, he's he's a decent selection, but I don't think we should be stuck with him. Um, right. But I mean, if we got him, I, I would be okay with it. I mean, it's better than Marty Morningwick, I, I would guess. At least his play calling is been as bad as Marty. You know, I would hope he would use Chris <laughs> Ivory correctly. You know, if you, if you do these basic things, like, I don't know, put Jason Morrow actually in the game and let him play, uh, you know, you're already looking at Why would you now, do man. something
5: like that, Joe? Why would you why? do something like that?
3: <laughs> I, I don't know why you would do something like that. Maybe we should just keep doing things like shoving, you know, Chris Johnson straight up the middle in the linebackers and things like that. That will work. Those things will work. I don't know why
4: I'm using my brain here. I don't know why. Hey Joe, hey hey Joe from Long Beach, be careful with your Chris Johnson jokes. He uh, he carries two guns in his car. <laughs> oh, yeah. I gotta be
5: careful
4: around that man. He's
3: Chris Johnson
5: is coming from Joe for, is coming from Joe from Long Beach. He's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> if Joe doesn't call in next week, we know. We know what <laughs> happened.
3: Chris got me. It ain't like I can run away from him. it would be the first
5: time Chris Johnson made a nice run after somebody all year.
4: <laughs> this, uh, hey, Joe from, Joe from Long Beach. Hang on one second, man. We'll be back yeah. you in two seconds, okay? Okay, okay. We're going to go to the next call. This is, uh, this is Kyle. Hopefully, uh, Kyle is uh, is back on. We had him. I guess he was sleeping when we brought him on the last time. But, Kyle, this is Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. How you doing, man? How you doing, What's up, man? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the hiring of Mike McKagan?
8: I mean, I like it. I uh... At first, I was question, like questionable about it because I was like, reading a lot of negative reports. But then again, that's just like management meta and, and people like that. But then after reading more, so that he has an like, extensive background, they say he's one of the best talent evaluators in the league. Mm-hmm. So I guess he could be happy. It's, at least he's not a cap guy for once.
4: Yeah, and that's I mean I don't think he's the best. He's the best evaluator in the league. But the, the positive thing is whatever you read it, it it's on several like we follow several um NFL guys on our, on our twitter account and it's like everyone you see is Mike McHagan is always at scouting events he's always, he's always actively involved in scouting personnel and that's the jets what that's what we need that's what we've all asked yeah. for that's what we want so for that it's like all right it's a good first step is he is he a guarantee to be a great guy no but it's worth a shot i don't think it's a bad hire by no means um what's your take on the on the head coach situation with Todd Bowles in town, looks like, you know, it's the second interview, which means it's definitely, you know, serious interest. Do you try to lock him up, or do you, you know, do you, you know, see what he has and then try to wait out for Dan Quinn?
8: Uh, this is a very tough one, because I think if you let Bowles leave, he's definitely gone. He'll be going to Atlanta. But then I feel if we wait for Quinn, he might end up going to Denver, and then we're out of luck with the, our top two candidates. So I think if he's having – Bowles is having dinner with Woody Johnson and the Jets now, I think they should just try to sign him tonight. I mean, Quinn would have been nice, but it's about who's available. And I think uh, Quinn's going to end up going to Denver. And if we don't sign Bowles tonight, he'll be in Atlanta.
5: Uh, I mean, I don't know about you want to jump on Bowles right now. There are other candidates still available. Do you have any interest in in Sean McDermott coming in or maybe bringing in back a Frank Reich or anything like that? Or are you just totally on the Uh, Bowles' train?
8: No, I, I would – see, I like Frank Wright because uh, of what Boomer said and, like, he's a he's a good football guy and he's got knowledge, leadership, but uh, I don't know if they're going to bring him back. And I don't really know too much about Sean McDermott, so I don't really want to go down that road.
5: Oh, Kyle, if it really were up cool. to you and me, we'd be driving Frank Wright to forum park ourselves. Tyson maybe not. He's crazy. But if it were up to you and me – we would be yeah. Derek Frank Reich. I, lo- I love Frank Reich, man. I mean, he's a, this is a guy, a former pro. a former pro, He was successful. Yeah, he was a backup quarterback his entire career, but he was successful when he got into the game. He played in the league for two he, over the span of two decades. He coached in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning, in Arizona with players like Larry Fitzgerald, and I believe at the time Kurt Warner was there, and then also in San Diego with Phillip Rivers, I mean, he's a guy who's worked with great players. He's been surrounded by great players, those Bills teams back in the 90s for one, all of his life. He knows how to handle a locker room. He knows how players feel. He knows how they react to everything. It's just a guy, and he's up and coming. It's just a guy that I personally like. He has a lot of football knowledge. Like you said, Boomer Esiason, ringing endorsement of Frank Reich. You know, he he is just a smart, intelligent guy who I really think would make a great head coach one day. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be here. But, hey, if Quinn does get hired and maybe Bowles gets hired somewhere else, you never know, maybe. Yes,
8: and my well, only I mean, problem with bulls is Chang Alley. I'm not a big fan of Changelly.
4: Mm-hmm. And but why? And, that, and see, this is, I can't believe I'm gonna be on the Chang Alley support committee. It's gonna drive me crazy. But Kyle, why don't you? Why don't you like Chang Alley? I
8: I, don't, I feel like he's kind of older, and like I don't know if he'll. Cause the whole NFL. Let's put it this way: it's not a lot of. There's not a lot of conventional offenses anymore. I feel more and more are converting to the spread, or and something similar to that, like the fast pace. I don't know if Changelly would have that, and I think if we do end up he, sticking to that's Genus, what he was.
4: that's what he was known for. He's for the spread. He did that in Buffalo.
8: Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I thought he's more of the conventional guy because I think if we do stick with Geno Smith, that's what he needs because he can work a conventional offense. And same thing as if we pick Mariota or Winston.
4: Yeah, see, like, there was some uh, – one of our followers on Twitter, I think I believe his name was Gene, he sent me an article on the Buffalo Bills and Chan Gailey's offense. If you want to go on our Twitter account, it's uh, at Radio, read it. And, and it, it explains how Chan Gailey likes to get his players in space. I mean, it's interesting. The minute I read it, I'm like, wow, you put Percy Harvard in this offense. When you're spreading the guys, put them in space. You put Chris Ivory in space. It's just like, man. There's some positives to having Chan as, you know. It's just there's. I recommend you reading it, to be honest with you. You know what I mean. So, um, it, it's definitely a good read. I think Chan you know, we, I like him for a variety of reasons. But first of all, is he's a, he's an experienced head coach. He'd be a very good support support mode for Todd Bowles and his his offense. Just read up on him, man. I think you'd be a little surprised. All right, I will. Kyle, thanks for calling, me, man. We appreciate it.
8: No problem. Thank you.
4: Yeah, Joe. It's funny because you know, like, I knew some things about Shan Gailey, but I, you know, not enough to you know, I was I was dangerous with my with my knowledge. And then I did some reading. I'm like, you know what? This guy isn't. He's been out of football two years, but he's not a complete fossil like a Brian Billick. You know what I mean?
5: Right. Yeah. No, definitely not.
4: <laughs> I think I, I think I caught Kyle with that one, so I apologize for that. Um, we'll go to our <laughs> next caller. This is. Uh, Sal from Long Island. Sal won't talk about our the newest hire, which is Mike McCagnin. Sal, this is Joe and Tyson with Let's Talk Jets. How you doing, man?
9: Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. We're doing
4: pretty good. Pretty good, man.
9: How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. I think it's a great day to be a Jets fan, in all honesty.
4: So, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on McCagnon? I guess you're impressed by his extensive scouting background.
9: Yeah, you know, from the previous two GM hires, you know, going back to when we took on Terry Bradway, they've been all cap guys. And from what I can read on this guy, it seems he has a very extensive scouting background. He's very thorough, diligent. He seems like you can't keep him out of the film room just watching all these college players. I think it's, you know, a whole other game from what we had with John Idzik, and I think that's huge for us.
5: Uh, who are you looking no, at as I, a head coach candidate coming in?
9: You know, um, it seems like it's down to Bowles and Quinn. I don't have a problem with either of them. Um, you know, I'd rather actually have more of an established guy for a coordinator's sake in Shan because he can provide some stability for Bowles. Not really sold on Kyle Shanahan. I don't like how he moves around a lot. But um, if I had to give you a pick right now, I'd probably go with Bowles.
5: Now, if it is Bowles, who would you like to see the offensive coordinator? Because, you know, you mentioned you're not a Shanahan fan. And, and Gailey, I'm kind of lukewarm on myself. Do you have any other thoughts of another offensive coordinator that we could perhaps look at that maybe you uh, are thinking of? What about Nathaniel Hackett from Buffalo? He gets free.
9: Yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind that. In terms of coordinators, if it's Bowles, I think anybody who has, you know, an established background in the NFL that can provide support for him. That's the biggest thing, you know. I feel like a guy like Shanahan who's just one, he's a young guy, he's very he's very on the move, he doesn't like to stay in one place for too long, I feel like he wouldn't do too good for Todd Bowl. So a guy like you know, Hackett or Gailey, I think those would be two good choices right there.
4: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Sal, so what is your take on if you have a, a first time head coach coming into this market, do you think he needs to put veteran guys on his staff? Like and I keep going back to Chan Gailey but if there's other guys like so you know, Tom Cable makes sense for Dan Quinn because he has the background and he coached the Raiders and things like that. Do you think he needs to have veteran coaches around him to help him get used to the, the grind of being an NFL head coach?
9: Yeah, I mean, definitely it pays to have some a veteran presence there to, you know, help a coach get acclimated. In terms of Tom Cable, that's one thing I don't like that I'm hearing about Dan Quinn. Tom Cable, yeah, he came into the Raiders uh vacancy and he helped kinda of turn that team around. I think he led them to I think it was like an 8-8 eight eight record, but just what you hear about that guy with the assault stuff, like, I think that guy would do no good in New York.
4: Yeah, that, that's that's definitely my opinion as well. Like, you are the background, and it's like, not that you're worried about the media, I think it, just, it would create a firestorm on a couple different levels, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's a good day for the Jets. I don't think anybody's pissed off about the hire. I think it's a justified hire. It makes a lot of sense. And hopefully, I mean, I think I have a funny feeling Todd Bowles could be signed up in the next 24 hours, but what the hell do I know? You know what I mean? So we'll see. I mean, do you have any predictions for the head coach, Sal?
9: I do think I do think it is, you know, with the whole situation right now, because we know if we let Todd Bowles leave, he's not coming back. He's going to the Falcons. And, you know, Dan Quinn, is, he's being sought after by, you know, the 49ers, the Broncos. And to credit them, the Four nines ers and Broncos were closer to playoff contention this year than you know the Jets. So I don't see why Dan Quinn wouldn't go there. So if I'm the Jets, I lock up Todd both tonight.
4: Yeah, no, I'm I agree, Sal. We thank you for calling, man. We definitely appreciate it.
9: Yeah, hey, no problem, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you.
4: Thank you. And you know, Joe, it's interesting. And we're gonna bring back on our friend Joe from Long Beach now. And it, it's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the take on Bowles that you know we don't want to leave the, the complex tonight because there's a fear of gang Quinn signing somewhere else. And I guess Joe mm-hmm. from Long Beach, here's my question: It's just like you have, you know, you have Todd Bowles in the building. You kind of, you know, gang Quinn was identified pretty early as a, a strong candidate, and based on who you read, he's a guy the Jets want. Do you take the chance of letting Bowles leave? With, you know, saying, hey, man, listen, you explore your opportunities, we're going to explore ours, and we'll talk to you in a week. Like, how do you handle this? It's kind of a game of chicken almost, it seems like.
3: Yeah, it is. Um, One thing that I would also do is kind of see – gauge the interest. Uh, I know we had – an in, uh, interview with Quinn as well. And, you know, you could just kind of feed off of in the interview. Was he truly interested in your team as much as you were interested in bringing him in? Um, and, you know, from what I hear, Quinn was interested. But, again, there's, there's teams with openings, uh, the Broncos, uh, the Niners, uh, we, Atlanta. We we talked about earlier, and I talked about, you know, are we the most attractive team? With McCagnan finally in place, with a GM that, you know, is solid, has, you know, personnel background in place. This job does look a lot better than it did before uh, when you might have had to deal with John Isick or when we didn't have anybody at all. Um, Bringing in Todd Bowles or signing Todd Bowles right now wouldn't be a bad signing either. Um, Like I said, uh, and like a caller said earlier as well, I really believe that it's like 1A, 1B. Um, Todd Bowles, again, might be the better coach, uh, at least on the defensive side as well because he did, you know, pretty much the same with, you know, less. So, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with us. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem, you know, signing Todd Bowles tonight if we had to. If he's ready to go and we can bring him in right now, then yeah, let's go ahead and sign him. I just would hate to see us drag our feet and then we wait on Quinn and then miss out on him and then possibly even miss out on Bowles too. So, like I said, I, I think it you know
4: the, the, other, the other thing, too, is that, you know, like, and listen, I'm not, I'm not anti-Dan Quinn by no means. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate with a couple different things. But the other thing is we don't know what his demands are, and not financial demands yeah. in terms of what kind of power he has, what kind of guys he wants to bring in. He may say, listen, if I don't get Kyle Shanahan, I'm going to get him somewhere else. I want Tom Cable. If I don't get Tom Cable, I'm not coming here. We don't know right. all the parameters of what he wants mm-hmm. to bring to the table. I mean, Joe Panza, don't you think, I mean, we know Dan Quinn. He's a hot candidate, but he may say, listen, I have certain demands. If you don't meet these, I'm going somewhere else. The Jets say, hey, you know what? Hold on a second. We respect your demands. but We're going to look around a little bit. They meet Todd Bowles, and he may be more of what they're looking for. I mean, Panda, did you get the chance that happened?
5: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, if you believe the rumors that are on there on Twitter and and on the internet in general about how Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan are sort of a package deal, well, you know, maybe Woody Johnson and Mike McEgan and uh... mccagnon and all the rest of them, maybe they don't like Kyle Shanahan. Maybe they feel about Kyle Shanahan how I feel about Kyle Shanahan. And they want no part of him. And if that's the case, you know, maybe Todd Bowles' guy is Chan Gailey, or maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's Joe Schmo off the street. Who knows who it is at this point? But, you know, maybe they like him better. And as far as Bowles goes, you know, and I've seen this too With as soon as we hired uh, McCagnin as, as GM, people are already saying, oh, what is his relationship with Bowles? Because Quinn is the favorite. Well, what is his relationship with Quinn? He doesn't have a relationship with either of them. Neither of them mm-hmm. ever were with him when he was with the Texans or the Redskins. So, uh, to me, he doesn't know either of them. The only connection these two have to McCagnin is that, like McCagnin, they're both from Jersey. Other than that, there's no really there's no connection. I mean, we're getting a new, if we hire Quinn or Bowles, we're a New Jersey head coach with a New Jersey GM. I'm just going to say that's awesome right there from the get-go. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. If they truly feel like Bowles is the guy, I don't let him get on that plane to Atlanta. I don't. If McCagnan or sits down with him and says, you know what, this is my guy. This is the guy I want to build a franchise with. This is the guy I want to be my head coach for the next ten to fifteen years while I'm general manager. Then you sign him tonight or tomorrow morning. And you have that press conference Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning that Todd Bowles is your next head coach. You do not let him get to Atlanta if you like him that much.
4: No, and I I agree. And the other thing, too, is it's like, you know, we always assume, like, the connections. I mean, when you mentioned McHagney, it was like Doug Marone, that, which, you know, that guy completely felt the face of the earth now. I think he's going to be in the uh, Canadian League at this point. But it's just like, I don't care about connections. I want the best candidate available. You know, if McKagan Mm -hmm. is, you know, if is his guy, but Bowles is a better guy, you're hiring Bowles. If you've got no connection, like you said, Panda, like there's no connection, I'm fine with that. Like the most important thing is they sit down in the room and they say, you know what, we have the same philosophies. We have the same beliefs. We have the same plan of place, and we're going to agree the same direction. If you can do all that, it's perfect. You you can't force a hire on somebody. You can't say, you know, I knew this guy from seven years ago. He's my guy. You sit in front and you say, you know what, as an organization, we're all on the same page. I mean that that's right. the most important thing. I think I agree with both of you guys. I have a funny feeling this this may play out where it goes in bulls favor and I don't understand mm. the notion of a, a panic move. I don't understand like the Jets are you know, they're just they're they're really panicking and they're saying, No, we gotta get this guy because we're not gonna get anybody else. If he's your best candidate and he's your building I mean, Joe from Long Beach, he's here, get it done, right?
6: Yeah, exactly.
3: And I don't understand this whole it's a panic move. How is it a panic move you're getting the best guy? Mm-hmm. If you're getting the best guy, that's not a panic move. That's called making a move and getting the job done. That's exactly what it's called. So, like I said, getting Bowles in here, if McCagnan signs off on it, and Bowles wants to come in and be part of, you know, part of the team, you know, part of the front office, and he thinks he can build with him, and they have a good relationship, and everything's going to, you know, uh, flow smoothly from that, then let's go ahead and get this guy in here, stop playing around. And let's start focusing on other things like the draft and free agency and, the, you know, getting offensive yep. coordinator in here. And start, you know, start with the personnel stuff. Let's get this rolling. Because the longer you wait, no, the I longer agree. that stuff gets put off.
5: Oh, go ahead. Uh, I agree as well, yeah. And, and, you know, the one thing I like about Bulls that I liked about Frank Reich, too, former player. Former players mm-hmm. in the league for, what, seven, eight years? Redskins five years? then uh, No, more than that. I think seven years with the Redskins and at the Niners for a little bit. You know, former player. I like that. I like that about Reich. I like that about Bulls as, as well. This is why these two have always been my one-two back and forth with Reich and Bulls. So if it's Bulls, get it done tonight. Just like you said, it doesn't have to be a panic move. I mean, I said before that it could be, but uh, as long as it's not a panic move, as long as it's the guy that you actually want, make the hire. Don't make it just out of because you're panicking because you know Rex got signed and Quinn might want Denver and whatever. Because there are plenty of names out there. McDermott's coming in. You could look at a guy like haven't looked at yet, uh, other names that you've already interviewed. So as long as it's not a panic move, as long as they truly feel like he's the guy, then I don't let him get on that plane to Atlanta. I just don't.
4: No, I I agree. And Joe from Long Beach, hang on one second, because i a I got a blockbuster question for you. So hang on one second, man, okay? Okay, awesome. We're going to go to our next caller, and this is the call I actually mentioned earlier before. And this is Gene who follows it on Twitter. And Gene actually sent me the information mm-hmm. on Ken Gilly and the Buffalo Bills. Um, Gene, this is Joe and Tyson, Let's Talk Jets. How you doing, man?
7: Doing good. Thanks for uh, bringing me on, guys.
4: <clears throat> hey, no problem. Hey, thank, thank you for uh, sending me that information because it actually, it's actually a very informative read on Changeli. Some things I didn't, wasn't aware of actually just as a very good refresher, so I definitely appreciate that.
7: Yeah, I mean, I felt that I, I had to send something out because, I mean, uh, I felt the same way when I heard Changeli. I was like, hell no. He, this guy was from the Bills. I remember how terrible the Bills were. And then, uh, you know, uh, I read up on the article, and I was like, whoa, this guy actually could be very relevant right now. So, so so yeah, thanks for uh, reading it.
4: Yeah, no problem, man. So what's your take on this whole, I mean, obviously it looks like everybody's pretty much in agreement that they like the Mike McCagney hire. What's your take on the new general
7: manager? Um, I love him. The only thing is that I'm that I'm worried about with McCagnon is um I'm not sure how much he was involved in the, the final say. I know that's that really goes to the GM. So I'm not mm-hmm. really sure what if he if those uh draft picks that um uh, you know the Texans have are really his, you know, final final choices, but uh we'll find out.
4: Yeah, I think. Well, I think. It, I think. It, I believe it was Rick Smith. I mean, I mean, the the, the general manager's gonna take credit for JGY. I don't think anybody's gonna get credit for him other than the general manager. But you know, it's like every every guy, prospective candidate. You know, there's hits and misses on the resume. You know, as an organization, I mean, you look at the Patriots. They have, you know they've had some good drafts. They've had some ones that they couldn't get a receiver for like five years. So, it's, I just like the fact that he's a hardworking guy. I mean, it's just there's not a bad word being said about him anywhere other than the fact that he's somewhat soft-spoken. He's not like that fiery guy that's going to light up the press room. He's kind of soft-spoken, but for me, I honestly don't care about that. What is your take on this whole Todd Bowles scenario, which kind of seems like it's wrapping up pretty quickly, where a second interview, now he's here tonight, he's going to go to Atlanta tomorrow, which kind of makes things kind of like make a decision. What's your take on Todd Bowles?
7: Well, I like Todd Bowles a lot. Uh, The the reason why is um, I really think that Defensive-wise, he really schemes, according to the players, like your strengths. So that's always good. Um, and he's kind of, I don't know, people just label him as a genius. I know Rex has also labeled that as well. But, you know, what Todd, uh, what Todd Bowles did with the, the Cardinals last year, that was pretty serious. Uh, the only thing I, I want to uh, talk about with that situation is I, I was one of those guys who actually said that there was a panic situation here because, you know, before um, we got Todd Bowles on the second interview, you know, everything was all in for Quinn you heard about the planes, you know, you know, warming up on the, the tarmac, you know, getting ready to fly to Seattle and stuff like that. Um if Quint uh, if the Seattle Seahawks lost the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, Denver just has a fire sale with their whole, you know, staff and all of a sudden we're scrambling to get, you know, Todd Bowles for a second interview. I mean I like Todd Bowles, I actually prefer him over Quinn, but it was just kind of weird how how that the that, that secrets sequence of events happened so that's the only reason why i said there was a panic situation what do you guys think about
5: that no I, yeah i mean it's, it's to me it's only a panic situation if If they go into that philosophy with they're worried about Quinn's going to go to Denver or San Francisco, and that's like, all right, we just want Bowles because we just, I don't know, for whatever reason, let's just get him. He's the only candidate we feel is responsible that's left and get him. When there's other people to be interviewed. But if they truly do like him, then, like I said, don't don't let him leave. Don't let him leave. Let him form his staff. Get him signed up. He wants a head coaching job. He's thirsty for one. He had the intern job in Miami a couple of years ago. They went two and one underneath him. I know that's really not saying much, but you know what? He did a good job with a team that was obviously in turmoil. He took the he did two and one with Miami when he did it. So you know, good for him. He's a former player. He knows how to run a locker room. At least I would assume he knows what the players would like, what they don't like. It's it's something that I wanted a head coach personally, a former player, a former NFL player, not just someone who played you know on the pee wee team. I think we all did that. But uh, no, I I really like Bowles. I don't think it's a panic move at all, to be honest with you. But uh, who would you like as the offensive coordinator if it is Bowles? We know Quinn. It's supposedly we know it's going to be Shanahan if it's Quinn. But if it's not, say it's Bowles. Who would you like to see be the offensive next offensive coordinator of this team?
7: Man, that's that's a good question. Honestly, I I don't know. I'd, I I mean, I'll go with Galey um, since he's the only name associated. But I really don't know who's available right now for OC. <laughs> i not going to Morning I mean, Wager's Ferrado, so don't worry.
5: What, what about Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, Rex Ryan is in Buffalo. Obviously, it, it, it seems like Jim Schwartz isn't coming back. What about Nathaniel Hackett? I don't think he's going to be staying there in Buffalo either. No, I don't want any Buffalo retreads. No, Buffalo, all right. All right, fair enough. <laughs> they can take our garbage, but we're not going to take theirs. All right, I understand. Yeah, And
7: plus, what, what do you guys think about this whole situation with Rex Ryan in Buffalo? I, I know, uh, Panda, you're you're pretty – You're you're pretty pro uh, Rex, uh, Rex Ryan, and so is uh, Joe. How do you guys feel now that he's?
5: Oh no, I'm anti Rex Ryan. I'm yeah. anti-Rex I'm I'm excited that okay, he's okay. in Buffalo. I can't wait to beat him twice a year. This is wonderful. And cool. to me, Buffalo just continues to be Buffalo. It's like <laughs> you know, they should just play. They should just play like a gigantic fail horn right now. You're telling me you you uh, see Buffalo's problem was offense. So what do you do? You bring in a defensive coach who's going to change your scheme, the scheme that led you to a top five defense. You're going to fire that defensive coordinator, bring in a guy who runs a totally different scheme, who a scheme that does not bring out the best in your two stellar defensive ends and still not going to have any idea what you're doing on the offensive side of the ball. Good job, Buffalo. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, they're morons. Yeah, I guess my last point no, would be – Yeah, uh, I guess
7: my last point would be – Okay, Gene, good. Yeah, it's just just uh, about the, uh, the game last night with the Ohio State and – and uh, Oregon. So now that you guys see Mariota in the clutch, you know, you know, championship game and stuff like that, how do you guys feel about the QB situation uh, for the Jets in, in regards to the draft? Do we address it first round, second round, third round? Uh, I want to hear what you guys think.
4: I mean, my, me personally, I don't like. I like. It's funny how you know Mariota. It was first was like it was like you know, suck for the duck. Everybody wanted Mariota, and now it's like the duck sucks. Like now he's terrible. You know, it's just like what happened. Now all of a sudden Mariota's not good. He's a system quarterback. All these things. Me, personally, I don't think he's going to be available to the Jets when they pick in the first round. And if you look at Ron Pickett, um, he comes on a lot. He's on, he's on Twitter. He does a lot of draft stuff. And he's saying, you know, they can still get Garrett Grayson in the third round, guys like that. I don't think the Jets, personally, are going to be a first-round quarterback team this year. That's me, personally. Um, Joe, what do you think? I mean, that's just, I think they're going to go stop that guy. They're going to maybe get a second- or third-round guy and do that. But I don't think it's going to be Mario. I definitely don't think it's going to be Winston, either.
5: No, I don't think either of them are going to fall to where we'll be drafting. And I don't think McCagnan is going to start his tenure here trading up for one of them.
4: Mariota last
5: night, he kind of, you know, or he did. He did what you know Oregon kind of does. They get in a big game and they fail. I mean, yeah, they beat Florida State. Everybody was excited about that, but Florida State was just waiting to lose. I mean, they they were the luckiest team i would ever seen this year. It, it was incredible some of their wins, but. So, okay, Oregon won that game. But when they came up against Ohio State, a team that they really should have beaten, just like when they played Arizona earlier this year and Stanford, it seems like the other five years in a row, Marcus Mariota and Dennis Dixon before him and whoever the heck it was before that, they went out there and they failed. And they failed and they failed and they failed. And I'm not saying Mariota is going to be a bad quarterback. I don't think he will be. I think he will be a starting quarterback in the NFL because, let's face it, there are 32 of them, and I think he will be a starter. Do I think he's going to be a star? No. Winston probably is the better pro prospect right now, but I really don't see how either of them are getting past Tennessee. One of them's going to Tampa. The other one's going to Tennessee. So as far as quarterback for us goes, I think it's going to be Geno Smith, a veteran, who knows who, and, uh, and, a, and a rookie in the, in the second, third, or fourth round. And honestly, we might just be a team that is rebuilding this year. I mean, that's really what we are going to be, a team that's rebuilding. And the quarterback in the future, he might still be in college. So we'll have to wait and see.
4: You know the other the other cool. thing too is it's funny you mention that joke because it's like he very well could be the franchise quarterback could be could be a, a next year kind of deal, but the funny thing is you know people you know everybody wants Mariota and it's like you know what everything you read says the kid needs at least a year to sit and learn I, I start laughing because it's like how is that going to happen in New York you bring in say you bring in a Hoyer or you let Geno start after five games the Jets are one and four. What's going to happen? The media and the fan base, we want Mariota, we want Mariota. This kid's not going to be allowed to sit. To think that any, no. any young kid can be able to sit here for a year is comical. And the, the only hope is that a guy like McCagnin and, and, say, if it's, you know, Todd Boulder is, they have a firm approach saying, listen, this is our plan. This kid is sitting. He's sitting. You can yell. You can scream. You can do whatever you want. He's not playing. If they can do that, you bring in a young guy like that. But, I mean, Gene, don't you think this market is awful right next to the Jets? Is awful for a young quarterback. It's, it's just terrible.
7: Yeah, it's toxic. Yeah, I, I, I would be scared to come to the Jets. But hey, who knows?
4: <laughs> Gene, thank you for calling. That we appreciate it.
7: Yep, thanks for having me. Love the show. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank you.
4: You know, and that's we'll bring we'll bring Joe from Long Beach back on, and I got a couple of good questions for him because I've been I was thinking about him all day how I'm going to torture him on this <laughs> show. But the, the, the <laughs> first thing is Joe is. How much pressure now, you know, McHagan's in place, he's getting rave reviews from his personnel aspect, but there's already guys in the media, which we expected, finding holes in his game. And the biggest hole is his presentation, his firmness, the way his personality. How much pressure, A, is on this press conference on, I guess, it's going to be whatever it is. I don't know, it probably was announced already, but Wednesday, Thursday, whenever it is. How much pressure is on him to make a very good first impression with both the media and the fan base? I think that his, I think McCagnon's whole
3: performance base, at least to me, I'm going to base his performance on what he does in the draft room. I'm going to base his performance on how he makes his team better. Is it important for him to make a statement? As long as you don't sound as bad as John Isik did, which is, I mean, it's almost hard to sound as stupid as he did in front of the media and in front of the fan base. As long as you don't sound that bad, you'll be fine. All that really matters is you perform when it's time to get personnel in here and make decisions for the team as long as he does that, yeah. because I've heard he's a, he's a pretty quiet guy, that he's not necessarily rambunctious, he's not, he doesn't have a big mouth, he's just a guy that brings the lunch pail into work, you know, does what he needs to do and gets the guys in there. So that's all that really matters to me at least. I think that making a big statement out first and doing all this stuff, I, I don't think he has that in him because I don't think he's that type of person. But as long as he sounds good and sounds astute while he's up there, he'll be fine.
4: That's exactly what I was going to say. Sound astute, sound intelligent. Sound like you have a plan. I mean, like, obviously, this guy could be the biggest clown in the history of the franchise. We have absolutely no idea. Or he could be a genius. We have no idea. But at least come prepared to the press conference. Act like you have a plan. Act like you know what you're talking about. Because the last thing I want, and not that it matters, but the last thing you want is a guy to be bumbling and stumbling through his press conference and you're like, what did we get ourselves into? Because, you know, right now it's going to be a quiet time of the season where Jet fans are desperate for information, which, you know, head coach, free agency, we're all like everything on Twitter. We're kind of like, what's new? If this guy just butchers this press conference, I fear what's going to happen. Because you should be like, oh, my God, Idzik like part two. He can't do this. You know, it's just you just want to hear be well-spoken and be like, all right, this guy, he's intelligent. I feel okay. Get your staff in place and move forward. And my second question for you was, we talked about this with Gene, is you know, it's the notion of getting a young quarterback in here, especially after seeing Mariota and the Ron Cookie on top of it saying, listen, this kid needs time. You know, If you go in the second or third round, they're going to need time. Don't you think it's vital for McHagman and whoever he hires to be very firm with their, with their presentation of our quarterback situation? I think that Rex Ryan absolutely mishandled the rookie quarterbacks. I think he mishandled the quarterbacks in general. Especially when handling the media and the fans, it was always like you know Sanchez did this and Gino did this. I think he butchered it. Have a firm plan in place, stick by it. If there's a competition, make it a competition. But just say, listen, you know, if he's not ready, he's not ready. He's not playing. Don't you think it's going to be important for him to handle the quarterback position much better than Rex Ryan? Uh,
3: extremely important. Um, I think that's one of the things going to be, uh, you know, is going to is going to play into his performance basis, how he gets the quarterback in here. I don't think that. Uh, like everybody says about Mariota, everybody knows I think he's soft. There was even some things in that game that I saw the Mariota, just some tendencies he has that I've seen throughout the seasons that, like like others have said, like Ron said, he's going to have to sit. Winston, I think, as I've said before, I think he's physically gifted. I think he's a better pro prospect, but he is a nut job. I don't necessarily think either of those guys are going to be there when it's time to draft, and even if they are there, they're going to have to sit anyway. Um, so we might end up just with a, with a, you know, a, a veteran QB or, you know, don't even, don't, don't sleep on Jay Cutler. Cause we might end up with him too. In case he gets loose, we might take a, take a whip yes. him as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's smoking Jay. Hey, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, you know, so there's things that that, that are definitely going to come up, but his handling of, uh you know, the quarterback position and, his handling of getting a a franchise QB in here, or even just a game manager, a guy that can just get the job done and doesn't make stupid throws, however he gets that guy in here, it's definitely going to be an important building block to to him as a GM, and it's definitely going to be tied to his legacy here uh, as far as him being our general manager. So I think it's extremely important how he he handles the quarterback position, and I I think he'll be okay. I I think he'll do fine with that. But he's just got to stay firm. With with us in the media, and do not give the fans or the media unrealistic unrealistic expectations of you know bringing a guy in here.
4: That's and that's and that's exactly what I was going to say. And Panda, that I mean, Joe, I mean, pandas on me a long time, and you know, I, I I like Rex Ryan for aspiring bravado, but you know, mm-hmm. not every player is a Pro bowler. not everybody, not every guy is an All Pro, which we know, so we've seen it. No, mm-hmm. it, it, Joe, don't don't you agree though? It's like you know, the mishandling of the quarterback position on and off the field drove me insane. And I think right now where we're at with this franchise, you've got to handle this quarterback position better on and off the field With in terms of being honest about it. If the guy's struggling, he's struggling. If he's not, he's not. If he's going to play, he's going to play. If he's not, he's not. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like don't don't jerk it around, don't lie to us, and just handle it better. I mean, don't you think that? I mean, it showed me insane the way Rex handled it, and it was, it was part of his demise, to be honest with you.
5: Yeah, I mean, he definitely – praise the players way too often everybody was the second coming of you know well who who's calvin Pryor again jack tatum yeah that worked out really well um <laughs> and, you know, just look at things like that it's just it's just like come on i, I don't want to hear this stuff anymore it's going to be nice to hopefully hopefully have a refreshing voice in there who actually doesn't you know give praise that's not due so i mean we'll see what happens with that but uh you know, I I I don't know. Rex Ryan was definitely his undoing. Part of his undoing. The other part is, you know, he had no idea what was going on in offense. He was about as intelligent as that in the offensive category as I am in accounting.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's funny because I know that I know Joe from Long Beach is a Rex Ryan fan, but when I saw him go to it's Buffalo, I'm just like, why? I'd rather go to San Francisco. I'd rather go to I'd rather go anywhere but
3: Buffalo. I'd rather go I to think, CBS. Y-
5: y- y- you yeah, know, you yeah, know, this, I, this yeah. is, I'd go CBS. Take the deal.
3: This yep. is my thing about Rex. This is my thing about Rex and his coaching style. I think. I think playing got. I know what is it is. Listen, everyone knows that I, I love Rex Ryan. I, I don't. And Suley
5: McKeen.
3: And Salim I, I no longer. I no longer have that love in my heart. You sign with Buffalo, or you sign with the Bills. Uh, once you leave this team, you go somewhere else. You're dead to me. I'm not going to it with you. I'm not. I don't even want to know you. My thing about Rex and his handling of the quarterback situation, if you look at Mark, Mark was psychologically fragile. And I think that he knew that. And I think that he does play up a lot of his players because he wants to give them, you know, confidence. And, and and, and you know, anyone that has ever, has ever played sports, or even especially if you box or something like that, the first thing that your coaches do is they, they talk you up. You can beat this guy. You can do this. You're the greatest. You're the greatest ever, even if you're not. But if you feel that way when you step on the field, you'll give it your all. And I think that, yes, that might have been part of his demise, but that's also just part of his coaching style. And he did get a lot of stuff out of guys that, you know, really weren't that talented. So, you know, but rest, hey, we,
4: we moved on from Joe, <laughs> the, the, difference, the, difference, the difference between boxing and football, you, you fight once a year. Football is 16 games a year, and the film never yeah. lies. It never lies yeah. to you.
3: Yeah, and, and like, you know, that, that's why I said, you know, he did what he did, and, yeah, you know he fell in some areas as far you know we moved on from him uh i, I really don't want to even talk about the buffalo deal it it was it's a shame that he did sign with them um but I, I think he'll 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 have them ready to play at least defensively i don't i don't know about roman and that offense oh goodness when i heard about that i said yes cuz i know they're going to suck for a while so um, yeah yeah
5: Uh, That that was a guy directing an offense that couldn't succeed with Michael Crabtree, Vernon Davis, Anquan Bolden, Stevie Johnson. Uh, He's going to go up there and just do everything with Sammy Watkins. Yeah, good luck with that. I thought once I really feared Sammy Watkins was going to be a great wide receiver one day, but now, mm -hmm. not anymore. (laughs) I mean, you know. I don't know with
3: Roman at the head I I, I don't know I, I but if they do put the pieces together though if he could get if Rex would implement his scheme and get those guys going cuz they have a very good linebacker core they're, you know their front you know, the uh, front defensive line's pretty solid. I'm, they could be dangerous. They could be. Yeah, but they their D line is
5: meant for more of a forty-three. I mean, Jerry Hughes yeah. had a great year. Now he can't play thirty-four. He saw what he did in Indianapolis. And Mario yeah. Williams, yeah, he was successful in the thirty-four before, but he's better in the forty-three. And are you, you're going to tell me Darius is better than thirty-four? I just don't see it.
3: I, I don't see yeah, it. Yeah, but you never, you never know who Rex is going to bring in, though. He's turned a lot of defensive linemen in here you know, th- that were just scheme guys that just came in, and he was able to get a lot out of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. As far as no, you're right. De- defensively, I know that Rex is going to – he's going to draw some schemes, and he's going to have guys playing in positions that are going to make them successful defensively.
5: Um, yeah, but offensively it. they're going uh, Mar- like, San- yeah. to have Mark Sanchez leading the way, and they'll be throwing pick-sixes <laughs> exactly. all day.
4: Exactly. Yeah, but so exactly. but hold but hold on, but let me while you're throwing all these bouquets at Rex, let's not forget his oh. arrogance too, with his with his with his schemes too, where sometimes he does try to fit, you know, square pegs in the round holes. Let's let's not give Rex too many bouquets here. I mean but you know, the other oh, yeah. funny thing is people are like people are like, Oh, he's gonna take David Harris, he's gonna take Calvin Page. Listen, I, I like all those guys, I respect to deal with this organization. The only thing I don't want the only person I don't want Rex Ryan to take, to be honest with you, is Carl Dunbar. Other than that,
5: Take yeah, whoever lip.
4: you want, Rex. Good. Mm-hmm. Bye. I don't care.
5: I'll drive him yeah, off and, to the airport. Yeah, yeah.
4: And according to the reports,
3: he's he's taking Dennis Thurman. So who knows if he takes Thurman oh, or whoever else. But, you know, so it, I, like I said, I, you know, he's he's gone. He's dead to me now. He can go to Buffalo and do whatever he wants. I'm not going to cheer for him because you are not a part of the Jets organization anymore. But I, you know, I wish him the best. I wish him the absolute best.
5: The only the only people that are sad about Dennis Thurman leaving are all the college age girls in Cortland who Dennis Thurman used to pick <laughs> pick a new one each night to try to hang out with. <laughs> I saw it firsthand. Each night there'd be a different college college age girl. Oh, that's Dennis Thurman. Yeah, is that his daughter? No, I'm like, oh wow.
4: Joe, before we let you go, man, do you have do you have a uh, do you have a prediction on the head coach?
3: I'm gonna say. This is my prediction. I'm going to say that we go, we sign Todd Bowles. I'm going to say we sign Todd Bowles before he goes to Atlanta.
5: I just got to no, question. Just... Well, I have the What's bigger Does Todd that Bowles that? bring back Salim Hakeem?
6: <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I always think it's <laughs> just about Salim. I,
3: I, I think Salim, I, I, I think he's done here. I really do. I think He's, he's going, going up to Buffalo. I, I, yeah. I, I just don't think there's a place for him anymore. I mean, he can't he can't return kicks or punts anymore, and he never figured out picked up the offense. It's just like, uh, but I mean, he he was a solid selection. He got to where he got to where he needed to go on he got he made the roster. Put it to you like that. So the Rooster. that was a good selection on mine. Hey, that's all I
4: meant. <laughs> Joe, uh, before we let you go, man, what's uh, let everybody know your Twitter handle. I know you've been a little more active on Twitter. You're figuring it out, and uh, let them know about your YouTube videos as well.
3: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for having me on the show as well. And thank Henry. He is awesome. He's an awesome guy. Um, my Twitter handle is young J zero, 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 uh, my YouTube videos. I have a show on YouTube. I do three picks a week, um, you know, for different football games. One game is always the deaths and there's always two random games picked by, you know, the, the people that hit me in my inbox or people that comment, my viewers, um, there, my YouTube is Young J 0 so it's three zeros on Twitter and two on YouTube. You know, comment, rate, subscribe, guys. Uh, hit me. I always talk back when I can. Uh, you know, you hit me up on Twitter. I comment back as I can. You can troll me because a lot of people love to do that. I love trolls. I will answer back, and I'll troll you too. So let's <laughs> troll each other. Let's follow each other. And, you know, hey, let's just have a good time. You know, it's all love. <laughs> Joe, thanks for nice calling in, man. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys have a good
5: night. Thanks for calling in, man.
4: You know, it's, it's, Joe, it's interesting how this all rolled out tonight. I mean, like, they, they announced McHagnon mm-hmm. earlier on, and it's just like, all right, we got a general manager in place. And it seems like everybody has quickly jumped on board a Todd Bowles thing, which I, I find fascinating because, you know, on Twitter it was, like, all in for Dan Quinn. It's, do you find it funny how quick this all just rolls out, like how they did you, the, the speed of the change of our fan base?
5: Yeah, I mean it's crazy because it's been like a snail. It's been everything's been moving like a snail pace, and now all of a sudden, Mcagnon's hired. Uh, Mcat, uh, whatever I can't even say it yet. I'll learn it eventually. Mcagnon's hired as GM, and now Bowles is staying tonight. So let's hire him, and we could we could potentially have a new head coach by tomorrow afternoon. I, I don't think anything will happen tonight. But by tomorrow afternoon, we could have a new head coach. And it's crazy, a GM and then a head coach 24 hours, less than 24 hours later, after kind of waiting here with, you know, our hands in the air, like what's happening since the 30th. It would be nice to see. But, you know, it doesn't matter as long as they get the right guy. As long as they get the right guy, or the right guys, I should say, the right tandem, the right team that's going to work together and make this franchise successful, make the right moves, make the right personnel moves, the right moves on the field, why don't we find that? I don't care if it takes two weeks or four weeks or six weeks. Whatever they need to do, whether it's hire Bowls tonight, bring back Quinn for a second interview, and then hire Bowls, or that, or just hire Quinn after the Super Bowl. Because at this point, I'm assuming Seattle's going to be there. Whatever the right move is. Or if it's Sean McDermott, for all we know. Who knows? Whatever the right move is, that's what I want to see. There's plenty of time to go. But if it's Bowls, that'd be great. And you know what? If it is, I, like you, have a feeling it'll be done by tomorrow.
4: Yeah, and the other thing too is, you know, like I, for once, I would like the Jets to come out as a united front and address some criticisms. I know it's not. You never want to react to me. You never want to do this, but I mean, they've been they've been kind of a, a disaster last year with the whole Isaac fiasco and you know a good deal the fire John Isaac guys. I think there's been just been chaos. I wish for once if they do get Todd Bowles and there's all this screaming like the Jets panic. Like Woody Johnson comes out and says, "This is the best guy for our team now." Mike McCadden says the same thing. Like have night up front and say, This is our guy. This is why you know and to be very firm, be be, be convincing, you know, like some, portray a solid image. Like kind of get rid of this circus atmosphere, and, and actually defend yourselves. Like I Joe, for me personally, I think the Jets far too often take hits from too many outside resources and they're okay with it. They're reactionary sometimes, but they're like they're like a living boy. It's like, oh you know what? Manish Med is tearing us to shreds Rich Chimney's writing another jerk article. All this stuff. Just for once, I wish they would be very just firm and kind of like dominant. Be like, listen, this is our guy. This is why. Here we go. You know what I'm saying, though? You want to have a confident, firm front and presence with the media and stop being like the pushovers.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. We don't want to be pushed over anymore. We want to find uh, a, a good head coach who's going to be aggressive and help change this team. So, you know, hopefully they'll do that. Bulls. Bowles is – I really like Bowles. I mean, like I said, I wanted Frank Reich. He's my guy. I know you don't feel the same, Tyson. That's fine. It feels like Reich is not coming here, so we don't have to talk about him. But Bowles, you know, he's 50 years old. He's put in his time. He's a former player. He's been a coach in this league at many different stops. I think he's really going to be the guy here. I really don't think it's going to be Dan Quinn.
4: Yeah, I don't think so either. And I guess my point was more just about Woody Johnson. Like, I appreciate what he's done to this point. They released good statements. But I want him to stand up to the media and, and really have a firm presence and stop being this – I mean, we, brought, we had Brian Custer on last week, and Brian Custer told us some interesting things, especially the fact that Woody's getting more involved with. He's realizing what's going on within his team. He was like, you know what, I'm, you know, he's more involved. Like, why are you drafting guys that have all been hurt for the last three years? Or why He's asking more questions and asking the right questions, which I think is a good thing. So hopefully he's, he's understanding the situation his team is in. He's making significant changes. He's going to try to change the culture. And for me personally, I want to see him speak up and be proud and prominent in the press conference saying, these are my guys, and, and they already started with it, by announcing the delegation of responsibilities. You know, the, the general manager is going to handle get, you know, getting the head coach to players, the coach to the, coach the players, which is show what we've asked for. For me, it's a good start, but it's got to continue. Have, you know, a clear line of power, clear roles and responsibilities. There's no confusion. There's no misdirection. And that makes for a successful organization. I mean, the circus has got to be gone, and there's got to be just a solid front office, a solid head coach, mm-hmm. po- coaching staff, and they work in unison.
5: Yeah. Now the circus, the circus mantra has left town. It is now in Orchard Park. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, <laughs> and that's a great thing. And that really is a great thing because it's been six years. Yeah, the first two were fun, but the last four have been nauseating. It's time to move on. It is time that we're about to move on, and you know what? I really think Todd Bowles would be a great move, and if it's not him, I think Dan Quinn would be a decent one as well. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Both of them defensive guys, which I know is going to anger some in this fan base because everybody wanted an offensive guy, and, and I'm not going to lie, part of the reason why Frank Reich was my favorite was because I really wanted an offensive guy myself, but that's clearly not going to happen. Not with Bowles and Quinn and now McDermott. So, You just get the, hopefully you find the right guy who's the right guy for a head coach. Doesn't need to be offensive, doesn't have to be defensive, just has to be able to lead a team, an entire team, not just half of a team. We've already lived that life many a times before. We need to find a coach who can lead an entire team, find the right offensive guy that can run the offense, but still has some say, still have an idea of what's going on. So hopefully Bowles, Quinn, McDermott, whoever it is, will turn out to be that guy, and hopefully the circus stays in Orchard Park.
4: Yeah, I agree. And to be honest with you, the McDermott guy—I mean, we're not going to go too much in depth him mean, because I think it's going to be Bowles or Quinn. That's actually an interesting, interesting guy to hire. I mean, I think he was like when Jimmy Johnson, the the you know the former defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, who was a genius, he was kind of like his protege. So he, yeah, he's actually a very intriguing candidate. You know, it's, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, well, that's another guy. And it's like like you. It's like I'm not worried about what side of the ball they currently coach now. This is about a prominent leader, a powerful guy, a respected guy. And and you touched on Todd Bowles, former player, played the Super Bowl. I mean, he brings a lot to the table. And it's like when when you have respect of the players, when the team respects you, that goes a long way in terms of developing a foundation, developing a program. You know, if you have a guy that's all talk and hasn't done it before or kind of like, you know, I mean, your rah-rah only goes so far, but you've got to put the Mm -hmm. X's and O's behind it. I think Todd Bowles can do that and that helps you develop respect with guys. And don't you think, you know, some of these guys, and that was kind of my problem with Frank Wright, where I understand where you're completely coming from, but he's only called plays for a year. That kind of concerned me. But it's like these guys have been there, done that. Frank Wright's played the game. He's been there. He's been in the locker room. He can relate to the players, and and that's important. It it goes a long way. It's like, all right, now you're friends with the players. They they understand. Now you back it up with your X's and O's, your strategy, your game plan, and then you get your success. And I think everything you read on all, actually most of the candidates, they have that, and that's important. I think not a knock against Rex. I think Rex had, he had some positives. But like you mentioned, the being well-rounded part, I think the players saw it where come on offense, even Bart Scott mentioned it. You know, Bart Scott was like, well, you know, he had three different coordinators. Why do you think that is? You know what I mean? Because the offense wasn't working because Rex couldn't manage it. So, Joe, I think your point of being well-rounded is really, really important, and it will help him gain a lot more respect in the locker room.
5: Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Hey, Tyson, really quick. Todd Bowles is offensive coordinator. Do you think there's any chance that your best friend in the whole wide world, Marty Morningwig, would stay on as offensive coordinator? Bowles worked with Morningwig when he was in Philadelphia. What do you think? Oh, Joe,
4: I, I, You know what? You know what? You like to make me drink on a Tuesday, dude, because I would just – I would be I need a out of my partner. mind. <laughs> you usually I'm drinking funny. alone. Because, you know, it's funny. It was like when they, when they mentioned Rex going to Buffalo – I'm like, wow, I'm like E.J. Manuel would be a great Wildcat quarterback. Like I was breaking out my Wildcat jokes, all this stuff. And the thought of Morning Way coming there's no way, dude. I, I would just I would jump I, I would, the reaction would be awful. We have to get, this show would become expirated for about a half hour. That's probably cursed for a good half hour.
5: I, I would contact the Fire John Hitz guys and we thought we'd start the Fire Todd Bowles <laughs> campaign right immediately. Immediately on this on the spot. Just, yeah, I'm just trying, I, to think, just trying to think of different names, and Morningwig was one that popped up in my head when I'm thinking about Bulls. I'm like, wait a minute, he was with the Eagles when Morningwig was there, maybe. But, yeah, I don't think so either. I just wanted to see your opinion on that.
2: Yeah, definitely not, dude. I, it's That's
4: the one name I want to see out here. Like I mentioned, the only guy would be Carl Dunbar. I like to keep him and see what happens, brother than that. Of know, course. You know, and it's, it's interesting, though. It's like there's there's some names, and there's, you know, there could be names popped up that the media is not aware of. I mean, I think, you know, the Jets have done a pretty good job of being transparent of who the candidates are. But the head coaches they're hiring, you know, we don't know what they're thinking. You know, you look for, yeah. like, with Bowles, you, you, go, you go to Arizona Cardinals, you, I went on their Twitter page, trying to dig in and see what kind of rumors were out there. But, you know, Joe, to be honest with you, we really don't know, other than the two prominent names of like Cable and Shannon, we don't know who Todd Bowles really likes.
5: Hey, for all we know, he could like Mark Trestman. He's still out there and available interviewing for jobs. Maybe he likes Mark Trestman. I'm not saying I'm a Trestman guy, but maybe he likes Trestman. I brought up Morningwig in Philadelphia. You never know. I don't think that would happen, but, you know, you never know. When he was in Miami and Bowles was the interim head coach for two ga- or three games, went two and one, who was the offensive coordinator? Brian Dable, who is now the tight ends coach in New England. Who has been a previous offensive coordinator? Maybe it's a guy like Brian Dable. I'm not saying I'm a fan of these guys, but you just look at guys who have who have ties to Todd Bowles. Tressman really doesn't, but guys like Morningwig, Dable, they do. Uh, look at the Eagles staff from last year, maybe you could, or from 2012. Maybe you could find someone else other than Morning Wiggum. I haven't really looked that in depth into it. That you could find from the Arizona staff, I'm not really sure. They're probably more Arians guys, but maybe there's a guy in yeah. the Arizona staff that Bowls like. So we don't, like you said, Tyson. We don't really know. It's going to be interesting to see what we find out. And and, and honestly, if it's not Bowls and it's Quinn. We don't know for sure that it's Shanahan either. There are so many rumors that are put out there that are so false and so incorrect, they're just thrown out there sloppily, and and, and they turn out to be the complete 180. So we really don't know. First and foremost, let's get the head coach on board, then we'll figure out the offensive coordinator.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. And, Joe, we're going to add our next caller to the show, and this is one of your favorite guys. This guy is is pretty much as diehard as it gets, man. This guy will drink gasoline. He'll throw darts at his head. He don't care what it is. It's Hank from State College. Hank, it's (laughs) Joe Tyson. What's up, man? (laughs) <laughs> um,
9: All
6: right. <laughs> what's up, guys? You know, I'm so glad that Rex went up to Buffalo. That made, that made my week. I couldn't you know, agree now, more, Hank. <laughs> you know, we could have the fat man up there to laugh at instead of people laughing at us.
5: Hank, and, did you see the pizza uh, that the people of Buffalo gave him? It looked like they had put melted Crayola crayons on it.
6: Yeah, i seen it. They're, they'll be shipping him out of town within two years. So... You know, like we should have did, but, you know, we kept him around, and you see what happened. I like the GM pick-up, and, you know, I like Todd Bowles. I mean, I'm I'm not going to get my man Kubiak, it looks like, but Todd Bowles is a good, you know, he's a good consolation prize for me. I like what he does, and, you know, I like that he was a player, and I like that he's been around the league for many years. And uh, I mean, I'm excited, actually to see what he could do.
4: No, I mean, I, I, Hank, I agree with you. It's an exciting time. I, You know, like, what is your take on the whole Todd Bowles, Dan Quinn thing? Do you think it's more of a situation where, I mean, we talked about it with Gene earlier about there's a potential panic where you know, the Jets don't want to wait, and then maybe Quinn could be interested in, in Denver. Do you think, do you consider it a panic option, or do you consider Bowles a legitimate candidate that's actually maybe the best fit for the team?
6: Well, I don't think it would be a panic option at all. I think they're weighing their options between those two guys, and you know, I don't know if Dan Quinn really wants to go to Denver. I mean, Payton's on his way out. What, yeah. what does he have to work with there? So.
5: Yeah, I mean, Brock Eisler is not exactly the most attractive name at quarterback. <laughs> but I mean, I mean San Francisco, I mean they do have Squidward back there. He's gonna be there for a while and a lot of offensive talent that Quinn could work with and you know defensively they have more talent than we do in my opinion, San Francisco. They're they're loaded, so maybe there, but yeah there are a lot of name, there are a lot of names left a lot of openings left. I mean aside from Buffalo, nobody hasn't made their head coach. So I don't think there's any panic going on either, Hank. Um what about offensive coordinator? What do you think about that? Whether it's Bowles, Quinn, whoever it is who would you like to see as the next offensive coordinator? There are a lot of names out there still.
6: Oh, I like the guy from Cleveland. I know there's some controversy. You know, Shanahan, with him, but yeah, I, I I like it. I mean I hope Marty's gone. I mean I'd take anybody from yeah, Marty at
5: this point. Now that raises my question. If we do get Kyle Shanahan, say we do get Kyle Shanahan, would you trade for Robert Griffin, the third? Uh no.
6: No, no. Would you rather drink gasoline
5: or trade for Robert Griffin III?
6: <laughs> I, I'd rather play quarterback than, than Robert Griffin.
5: Okay, good. I'm just Brownie making sure. Dangle I'm just making sure.
6: I'll bring Robert uh, to out of retirement. Uh, I you want to bring that? back Tom Tupa.
4: Tom Tupa Actually, wouldn't be too I, I... bad. I mean... Hey, I actually got a question for you, and this you're 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 a football coach what is your thought what is the, your thought on, on bringing a guy in like Chan Galley, who's a veteran head coach he he's hes you know a vast amount of experience as the offensive coordinator in terms of being a very good support staff for Todd Bowles, or whoever it is, either Bowles or Quinn, having that kind of you know guy that's been there done that' been a head coach to help you know, the, the young guy get through it learn the way he's the NFL. is your do you think that's a positive thing for him or do you think that's a possibility?
6: Yeah, that's a real positive thing. You know, there's guys around the league like Wade Phillips. He's been around forever. He always seems to be able to build a defense wherever he goes. You know, he's not too great as a head coach. Chan wasn't too great as a head coach. But as a support guy, as a coordinator, they're awesome. Same thing with Dick LeBeau. You know, he wasn't a great head coach, but look what he did with Pittsburgh all those years. He's a Hall of Fame player. I mean, some guys are built for support. They're not built for, you know, to be the top dog.
4: Yeah, I just think it, it would help out when, you know, you have a young coach who's going to probably bring in a lot of new guys. And to have that, you know, like that the shoulder to lean on, Be like, all right, you know, i got to deal with this. And, you know, And the other thing is, too, it's just game management. And, Joe, I'll talk to you about this. It's just, you know, you're a head coach now. You have to worry about clock management, timeouts all the rules, penalties. I remember like, Mike Westhoff used to be a tremendous option for the Jets because he was on the, the competition committee, he was on the rules committee. So Rex Ryan could always lean on him. I think for Todd Bowles, he may need a guy like that to help him manage the clock, even just enforce rules. I mean, what do you think, Panda? Well,
5: we could always bring back the legendary Dick Coe who helped out Herman Edwards uh, uh, and uh, the elder Paul Hackett. <laughs> You always bring back Dick Curl, the the time management wizard. I mean, if we, but no, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, when, when you have a first time head coach, you might need something like that, and and it'll be interesting to see what they do, if anything, to address that. But uh, yeah, uh, time management is definitely important. It's definitely something that we uh, definitely were not in the top half of the league in, in the last six years. Because if I see another untimely timeout, I was gonna punch the friggin screen. But. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens with Bowles or Quinn or whoever it is. They're definitely gonna have to bring somebody in, though. Hopefully, they've learned from that mistake with Rex.
4: Yeah, and that's the thing, Hank. You know, it's like as a coach, you know that you know a lot of games are won or lost on just dumb decisions on the sideline. It could be a time management blunder, not replaying, you no, know, not going for a replay, you know, something like that. It's just, you know, there's certain things I hopefully that the new head coach, you know, has a good support staff. I think that's very, very important, especially in this market where everybody's ready put the billboard in like 30 seconds if this guy starts failing in week five.
6: Well, time management is a huge part of the game. And Rex couldn't do that. Harm couldn't do it. We, nope. just, we we lost games because of it. And I, I've yep. said it many times. You There's times when you, you sit on the ball and there's times when you throw it. There's times when you time out. And he just, that was just one part of the game. Rex was blown. I don't know how he could be.
0: You know, I don't yeah, time,
6: <laughs>
5: time out. Time out.
6: Or run! run it, don't give the ball. Manning with a minute 49 seconds left. And he's going to take it right down and he score. Hello, so, and
4: you play to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> you don't play to just play it. <laughs> Sorry, Hank. I just said, uh, somebody had to chime in real quick. I don't know who that was.
6: <laughs> yeah,
4: hey, I still use the line my
6: players in the teams that I
4: play for. They don't know. <laughs> Hank, we love, thank you for calling again, man. We appreciate it. It's definitely a good day for the Jets, and hopefully the uh, head coach position gets ironed out pretty soon.
6: Yeah, hey, thanks for having a great show, guys. As always, thanks for taking my call. Have a great week.
5: Thanks. Hank, thank you, Hank. too. Hey, Tyson, we don't well, find okay. anybody for the head coach soon. Maybe we could promote Hank.
4: I love that guy, man. You know, the funny thing about Hank is I I actually played a flag football tournament with him, and this guy is a legitimate, excellent football player. This dude, he is good, man. He's very, very good. Um, Joe, it's been an action-packed show, man. We talked to We had a lot of great callers. I'm sure Henry's been busy as hell with the Twitter account, which we'll get back to. You. Um, yep. First and foremost, Joe, welcome back, man. We love having you back on here.
5: Yeah, thank you, man. Sorry I had to miss the last few weeks. You know, everybody knows all the personal stuff I've been going on since December. But uh, thank you for all the tweets that I've gotten from everybody. It means a lot. But uh, glad to be back, and I'll be back permanently now, guys. so You don't have to worry about that. I won't leave you alone with Tyson forever.
4: <laughs> yeah, I've been causing chaos the last couple of weeks, man. It was, it was, it's been, it's been nuts. But uh, you know, again, thank you for all the callers, Joe. Thank you. Um, you know, give out your. I'm sure everybody knows your Twitter handle, but make sure you give out your Twitter handle, man.
5: Yep, uh, as usual, you can reach me on Twitter at L7Panda, you know, capital L, seven, the number, Panda. Reach me there any talk to me about football, yell at me, do whatever the heck you want to do. I don't care, I'll yell right back at you.
4: Yeah, and we appreciate all the tweets, too. Like, we, You know, we try to manage the count every day, so we'll, we definitely respond to you on Twitter, spread the word. And we're also on iTunes as well, so if you miss the show, you can always catch us on iTunes, which is kind of cool. <laughs> So, Joe, I mean, well, I don't know what to play here. I mean, Notre Dame, they've kind of – you missed my Notre Dame rant, I think it was last week, so that was kind of entertaining. I don't know how we should end the show. Should we end it with some kind of positive music? Should we do <laughs> – I don't know what we should do here.
5: I, I think it's a positive day. I mean, we got a new general manager. We might have a new head coach by tomorrow. It's a positive day. We could start talking about two and 14 in two months. But for now, positive.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: All right, guys. what well, like the
4: Oh,
5: speak, You're playing the Philadelphia music because you want morning wigs to stay.